Cargo Cult is a production of Radio Nemo West. Cargo Cult is all about the movies, books, music, and moments that help shape the lifestyle of not only the trucking industry, but also the American obsession with being on the move. What if something just like jumps out in front of you and you have to stop? Don't. What was that? A Mazda. Host Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn engage in a wild, free-form discussion with folks from both the transportation and entertainment worlds. I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a show that's all about the journey. So far, we're doing fine. Hadn't got a call. And now your hosts, Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn. So, um, we did it. We're doing all weekend long, all month long on um, your Weekend 34, Road Dog Trucking, Sirius XM 146, Dave Nemo Weekends. The whole month has been a spooktacular. Hey, Justin Wellborn, how you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, spooky. We've been doing a spooktacular. We've had a whole bunch of great guests. Um, you know, we've even had Carlsbad Caverns on on Sunday, by the way. Talk about talk about bat country. You know, that, that that is serious bat country. Their whole thing is based on guano. All oh, of, yeah. all I've Carlsbad. been to the caverns, man. I've, yeah. I've crawled so, through the shears. So we had the supervisory um, park ranger come on for 30 minutes and just talk about all the wonderful offerings and oh, possibilities so in, in cool. Carlsbad Caverns. Yeah. We've had a couple of uh, horror novelists. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show. Unreal. Um, we, it's been great. Right. Um, every every Halloween month, every month of October, every month, the cool month of the year. September thinks it's the cool <laughs> month. September thinks it's the cool Not month. Not in L.A., man. That's, uh, that, that's, that's the second to last hot month. <laughs> yeah. So- so October, for uh, us on Sirius XM 146 on the Dave Nemo weekends, what we do is we have a whole bunch of... We, that's how I got a chance mm. to meet uh, Julian Simpson of the Lovecraft Investigations. It's how I got a chance to meet the guys who do Old Gods of Appalachia, last podcast on the left. All We always do a spooktacular kind of event. We have a series of topics that have been locked in over the course of the last four years of the show. I mean, you know, for instance, it was, you know, the Nemo Within, you know, where we'll talk about, like, beast attacks on the road or something you know what this week <laughs> don't even ask me to explain beast this. attacks on the road by the way i'm jimmy mack i am the host of uh the weekend 34 dave nemo weekends and the dave nemo show on sirius xm 146 across from me is what's your name again justin wellborn and what do you do i'm not really sure <laughs> every tuesday i just keep showing up here and we keep doing a hell of a you've show. been in a couple of, we have we have a new guy on the board today by we the do. way russell is here hey russell how you doing man pretty great how you guys doing we're good to see yeah, as always, we show up here, and there's always somebody here that seems trustworthy that somehow gets us through to the other side. So thanks. Seems for like being. they like us, and they, you know, uh, for, they, for the good few hours that we're here, you know, they 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 smile, they nod, and they do the job well. Even even after I disappear for two weeks because I had, I mean, I had cra- thank you by the way for your patience. You know, having to go to England, having which was great, having to go back to New Orleans, which wasn't so great because of my mom, having to go to Chillicothe, Ohio, and Columbus, Ohio, which was great because it was my job, and they honored like really cool veterans. Now we're back. Wait a minute. You were gone? Uh, right, right, right. Now I remember. Right, right. I am a very patient man. You are very patient <laughs> man. So the topic of this weekend show on Dave Nemo Weekend, you'll love this, was called I Was a Teenage Nemo. All right. Now here was the pitch for the show. Um, we were asking people to call and tell us about 
their teenage Halloween years. Okay, oh. I got this theory, all right? right? This theory that when you're four to six, you're in training. It's your Halloween apprenticeship. You dig? That literally your parents are teaching you, your preschool teachers, your kindergarten teachers, teaching you how to put the costume on, how to beg for the goods and services, how to do the whole game. Right, right, right. Seven to 11 is literally the adulthood of childhood. Yeah. From seven yeah, yeah, to 11, yeah. you really got you your game on. You know how to on. do it. You're, and you're, you're burning up the By the time you get to nine yeah. and a half, ten, you're in the high country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You really you're wearing the costume you want. You're hitting the right houses. And, right. and and maybe even kind of going with a halfsy costume, something yeah. a little bit halfsy and cool, you know? I mean, around 11, you know, that, okay, here's the problem, though. Once the full moon comes out and your hormones <laughs> kick in and you become Ooh. a teenager, exactly, then the Nemo within kind of emerges, oh. by the way. So Halloween for a teenager is kind of a liminal space, all of October, as a matter of fact. So we asked the question, what were the worst pranks you pulled? You know, mm. the leaving flaming bags on people's porches, right, right. you know, throw. TV. By the way, my favorite was one of our callers called and he said, because I was complaining about don't egg people's houses because, man, eggs are like the worst. Have you ever cracked an egg on a bowl and then like put the egg in the pan and then went back and checked the bowl and it was like cauterized? I mean, it's like the most <laughs> sticky stuff you've ever had in your life, right? Okay. You know, so, you know, and toilet paper in people's houses, all this stuff is not cool, but people do it. And it's like the one space in the year where things that would normally put you in jail or at least get you like two or three days in juvie are kind of like off yeah. the table. That's all right, kid. Go you, on. You go on, kid. But you also have space <laughs> to do a couple of things where you could let your freak flag fly and nobody would judge you for it. But also you could have this like Bowie or Lady Gaga moment where you could like use Halloween to figure out if you were a freak. In sure. the safety of sure, figuring yeah. out whether you were Count Freakenstein. Right, you know? right, right. So you right. get the idea, yeah, right? I'm wearing a ball gown, but um, it's Halloween, it's right? It's Halloween. So we're getting towards the end of the show. We've already had the lady from Carlsbad Caverns on. We had a, we had a um, you know, wonderful guest there. We already had a, a, a novelist come on the show. And we got the last 15 minutes. I've just done the weather. Actually, we're heading into the weather. The final weather report would, would be 945 in the center, 745 over here. I get up early to do my show. And my producer, Sid the Not-So-Vicious, Sidney Dale, she actually plays the opening notes from Down, 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 Michael Rennie was zilled. And that was our exit song. It was Rocky Horror. I'm like, okay, cool. So I do the weather. I come back. And she comes back with, like a science fiction. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just figured out something. Halloween is the Rocky Horror of months. Because if you think about it, song remains the same. The Wall, Fritz the Cat, Eraserhead, Phantom of the Paradise, some Mario Bava film, some Fulci film. Those midnight movies, especially Rocky Horror, though. Think about that. It's the same rules as Halloween, right? So if you wore stockings like sure. out to a party, if right. you wore fishnets right. to a party and you was a dude back in the 70s or 80s, people would be like, unless you glam rocking. You're going to get be socking. You know what I'm saying? You're going to kick you in the taint. You know what I'm saying? What I'm, a lovely time to be alive. What a lovely yeah, time to be alive. I mean, am I right? You're though? right. Yeah, you're right. Totally. So it's the same thing that Halloween and. I'm not sure that was so different in the 80s or 90s. Either. Well, that's, what, that's or, my or point. At least early 90s. Not early you know, 90s. When I yeah. went to high school and we were going to Rocky Horror. Before the like, boom, boom slip 90s. Slip those things on. <laughs> but keep them under your jeans. <laughs> I'll see you in the can. Okay. All right. Okay. But you see you see my point. So the, the, the parking lot, the lobby, the movie itself. I mean, 
where else could you yell at a movie screen and not get thrown out? Sure. I mean, where yeah, else yeah, could yeah, you yeah. like, you know, get into a faux fight in the parking lot and not get thrown out? Right. I mean, you know, think about all the stupid stuff you could do at Rocky Horror and all the stupid stuff you could do at a midnight movie and all the stupid stuff you could do at Halloween. All right. And then I realized something else, too, is that what it basically is, Halloween for a teenager is you experimenting with what kind of adult you want to be, what you're afraid of, what you're willing to face, how far you're willing to push your limits, whether you're going to be the man in the gray flannel suit or whether you're going to be Casper the Friendly Ghost. Sure. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I see what you're saying. And so we're, since we're in Halloween country here, or what Ray Bradbury would call October country, um, it only it's, it's, it's only appropriate that we talk about horror movies today. Sure. We actually touched a little bit with Suspiria last time. Justin Wellborn and myself, Jimmy Mack. Russ is joined, Russell is joining us today, too. That's a really cool thing. We have a couple of horror movies we want to kind of dig into um, that um, you have made some suggestions on. I have made some suggestions on. And I'm really not. Yeah, it's such a weird mix, but I, I'm, I'm really happy we settled on these. Now, the one I want to start with, that I want to begin with, is actually in my top 10 movies of all time. Okay. All right. Philip Kaufman's 1978 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I would argue, is one of my top 10 movies of all time. And I don't mean that it's one of the greatest films ever made. I have a different list. The five greatest films ever made are not the same as my top 10 movies of all time. We all understand that, right? It's your personal list. I mean, yeah. I mean, what you particularly like, what draws you in. Yeah, it's it's your list. If La Dolce Vita comes on at one o'clock in the morning, I, I'm I'm not watching it. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense. If La Dolce Vita comes on at 1 a.m., I'm still going to bed. You know, if God great film, gotta sleep. Yeah. If yeah. Godfather Part Two comes on at one o'clock in the morning, I'm screwed. Oh yeah. I'm up for the you're duration. You're just gonna be there, man. You and Fredo to the end. You gotta wait till Michael looks down at the end after the shot. You, oh, that's a really weird. You know three that, hours the, later, Charlie Brown Christmas and The Godfather can actually be really easily segued. Do you know that? <laughs> Guys, this is what it's like hanging out with Jim in the car, okay? Just letting y'all know. But no, so Philip Kaufman. Okay, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Inva- 1978. Philip awesome Kaufman, film. By the way, who's Donald a great director. Sutherland's Fro at its, its, its probable It's frotastic. Peak. It's frotastic with the stash, and he's just, he's just so charming. Don Siegel made himself a movie in 1956, 57, 58, right around thereabouts, called Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And it is uh, either an examination of the commie takeover of the U.S. <laughs> or an examination of all those terrible conservatives trying to witch hunt people out of existence. Either way, it's about conformity. Right. All right. So now we flash forward to 1978. Yeah. 1978's a... Pretty night the seventies. We're back to the seventies, aren't we? We we've been in the seventies. Here I we are. We, in the, we barely even scratched the eighties. I think right. we've got one movie today that we're scratching in the eighties. I've got some seventies to throw at you. All right. uh, the Children of God, the Sullivanians, the Branch Davidian, the Heaven's Gate all hit their heyday in the seventies. The Mansons, the Zodiac Killer, uh, the Death Board. Remember about the Death Board? Look up the Death Board if you get a chance. The murder spree known as the Death Board. Um, Hello, Tuesday. The Executioner's Song of Gary Gilmore. Thank you, Norman Mailer. Uh, David Berkowitz. Yeah. Mr. Son of Sam himself. Just just smiley. Gacy, The Hillside Strangler, Bundy, and Joseph Paul Franklin. But all of it pales in comparison to an event that happened on November 18th of 1978. A compound in Jonestown, Guyana. 909 members of the People's Temple committed a mass act of murder-suicide 
that included mm. the gunning down of a U.S. congressman, one <laughs> Leo Ryan. Well, I have a theory on what happened there, Fucking by the way. Crazy. They killed him. No, I have a theory on what happened there. Is that So Ryan goes down there at the behest of his constituents to go down there and just talk. Just have a conversation with Jim Jones, you know, the, the head honcho at the people. And by the way. People, calm down. Calm down. Children, come to me. Come to me. It's crazy. Oh. You know, he was so if politically connected. you've ever heard any of those 70. final recordings, it's really just just stunning. I So they gunned down Ryan. Right. They gunned down on the, the ABC. On the, on the, the airfield. AB, on the, on right. the airfield. They, gu- they gunned down the ABC crew, and they gunned down the people who actually were leaving with him. And everybody says, it's really funny because the ABC people, the ones that got away, the people who survived said everything was fine. He let us go. It all looked fine. He walked away. This is what I think actually went down. I think that you had two consummate bullshit artists, one for good and one for bad. I think that Ryan used every ounce of his political skill to convince Jones that all he wanted to do was get that small group of people home and he would let them go off and do whatever they wanted to do. Sure. I don't think Ryan had any intention of that. I think he was going to get those people home, get on that plane, and And, literally send in the Marines. Send in the Marines. And I think that... I think it must have been the most tense conversation between those two men because both of them were totally full of shit. I think, can you, and I think it's like one. It's uh, a hard one to imagine. Can you imagine a two-person play about that? Cult leader and congressman. Can you imagine, you know, old-time Irish pole out of San Francisco. Can you imagine the two of them just kind of trying to out and, you know, it's a terrible movie. Have you seen Attack of the Clones? It's a terrible movie. But there's actually one great moment in the entire movie where Ewan McGregor, and Tamora Morrison, who plays Django Fett, have the most out-insinuating conversation of all time. <laughs> and it's like acting shows up in the middle of this terrible movie. And I just had this image of like Leo Ryan having a conversation with uh, Jim Jones and each one of them. Did we just leap from Jonestown to Attack of the Clones? Well, it gets Wars? better. Have you seen Salem's Lot? Have you seen the yes, television course, show Salem's man. Lot? Listen to this. Go back in the middle. And the movie's okay. It's actually a very well-directed, badly acted, for the most part, because David Soul just, God bless David Soul. He, he mm. can't carry a bucket of water, much less a movie. Yeah. Okay. Here's what's but interesting. James Mason. But James Mason. Creeping you, it out. So, oh. Okay. So you were, okay. So you knew you James Mason. Do you remember who played the sheriff? Do you remember who played the sheriff of that town? Uh, no. Kenneth McMillan. So he was the original um, owner of the pawn shop in American Buffalo. Oh. The famous production with okay. Robert Duvall okay. and John Savage. Right, right, right. Can you imagine, go back and watch the scene where literally James Mason and Kenneth McMillan have an out insinuation conversation. And so you have an American method actor, I mean, steeped in method acting, steeped in like, you know, sense memory and all that kind of Ilya Kazan. Watch my pockets. Ilya Kazan crap. And on the other side, you've got James Mason who comes from the exact opposite out, you know, outside in kind of right, acting. Right, right, right. And it's, it's just fantastic. And I've always just said, man, this should be a, just a two person play about that final, nego- a fictionalized version of that final negotiation between Jim Jones and Congressman Ryan. I think that thing had a sphincter factor of 15. Okay, we're copywriting this right now. <laughs> I think it's a damn good idea, isn't it's it? It's pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how crazy. Okay, yeah. so now we've gone to left field. So why am I doing this? Because- Can I just say, just really quickly, yeah. James Mason is one of the greatest names to say in the James Mason voice. <laughs> you just need to, I mean, if you do insult it, James Mason, it just doesn't have any quality. But when you're like, James Mason, mm, it just, it just it feels lands. good. It just it lands. lands. You know, it that lands. wasn't it, an awkward pause. It feels pause. like it for you. When you got to, <laughs> do it again, watch, there's no awkward pause, do it. 
James Mason. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Just, woo, stick the landing, man. Out, outstanding. That's easily a silver for. Uh, they didn't for a stick Tuesday. the landing in Jonestown, though, did they? Well, they stuck somebody. Too soon, huh? A lot of them, maybe. I think it's always too soon for take, Jamestown. Takes a one after nine oh nine. Jamestown. That's even. It's too early <laughs> Wait, for J- Jamestown. James Mason Town. It's always too early for Jonestown. James Mason Town. Uh, you like that? We're all just around, <laughs> creeping everybody out. So okay, let's move. November. Uh, so Marissa said November the eighteenth is when it went down. Thanks for listening to a preview of this episode of Cargo Cult. Like what you heard? Hear more from Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn exclusively on the SiriusXM app. Subscribe today at SiriusXM.com.